Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hercules Invictus, and we'll be starting with the Age of Heroes. And our guest is Mark Zinna, newly reelected councilman for Tenafly Council and a mayoral candidate uh, later in the year. Greetings and welcome, Mark. How are you? Good, Hercules. How are you doing this evening? Thank you for uh, inviting me on to your program again. Great to be here. And thank you for coming on. It's awesome to have you here as well. Um, I posted on uh, Facebook a link to your uh, Facebook page and also to your uh, new website for the coming race. Oh, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, I will soon be putting up your signs in the yard as well. This has been a phenomenally uh, busy and overwhelmingly busy week, so I didn't get the opportunity. Uh, but oh, uh, the okay. primaries are approaching, and we have to support you as much as we can. No, that's great. No, I appreciate that. I had a very, a very encouraging call today. Someone uh, I haven't spoken to uh, in about six months or so saw one of my billboards in um, you know in Tenafly and called and said Mark what's your website I want to make a campaign contribution and help get you elected oh, awesome. and so that really that that felt great when you when you get an unsolicited call like that it's wonderful that that is a phenomenally fantastic thing um, tonight's uh, topic which you had suggested uh, was uh, current events both local and uh, national and uh, global uh, is an apt one. Uh, I must confess that uh, listening to the news beyond our uh, uh, town here, um, it's making me question uh, what it means to be an American in this day and age. I thought I knew, uh, but uh, it it seems I do not. Uh, So uh, any clarity and light that you can shed on this situation would be very uh, welcome. Uh, Your campaign promises are very clear. 
and they make a lot of sense. You know, uh, keep Tenafly uh, uh, functioning as well as it can and uh, uh, creating the best uh, place that we possibly uh, can all uh, live in. That's, that's very clear and uh, you know, very straightforward and very much uh, needed. Uh, but uh, beyond uh, Tenafly, uh, things seem to be increasingly more tenuous. Uh, well, you know, if you, if you let's start with your first question in terms of um, what is it? Uh, what does it mean to be an American and, and the world at large and the state of our nation and things like that? This is a topic, uh, uh, friends and colleagues, we we talk about all the time, and um, you, you know. They question people question the United States is standing in the world and and you know can the republic survive you know all the sort of grand concepts and and most people forget about the fact that notwithstanding uh, kind of the the trauma we're in or the challenges we're going through with because of the current occupant of of the White House uh, and everything that means uh, that somehow the nation is at risk and, and you know we as a nation have certainly. Uh, suffered through and uh, been and survived far more challenging times in our history, whether it was the American Revolution, uh, you know, the the Civil War, the, the Kansas-Nebraska Wars, I mean, World War II, World War One, Vietnam, the Great Depression. Um, so I, I, I do believe that we will weather through this, uh, notwithstanding the news that we see on television in the evening every day. I, I share your optimism, uh, but it's going to be rough. It's a, a lot of uh, very deep questions about uh, who we are and uh, what role we wish to take in the world and how we uh, would like to be perceived uh, by others. These are, these are coming up and uh, uh, are under examination. You know, they're under scrutiny. Uh, uh, because I would not have believed that many of the things that are currently happening could ever happen. Well, you know, let's pick a topic. Uh, you know, let's pick, you know, one of the biggest fire spots in the world uh, in terms of the Middle East. And, you know, over the past, pick a time, 10, 20, 20 years, uh, 30 years, you know, we've, uh, we've worked at, uh, the United States has worked at nation building, and uh, bringing democracy to different places that uh, don't have anything close to democracy, and for most of the most of the time, if not all, every every experiment we've tried with that has not worked out. Um, you know, we take in our country democracy for granted. There's a couple of things you have to have for democracy to work. Um, first, you have to have a culture that wants democracy to begin with and wants right. the right to vote and has to be sufficiently educated um, even at the most rudimentary levels in terms of understanding what democracy means and, and what pulling uh, or pushing a button for a name in a ballot box means. And um, most of the, uh, the, um, the democracy efforts that we've attempted in the Middle East have been failures uh, simply because we, we attempted to bring a political culture to nations that don't have the same view of politics that we do. I mean, if you if you want to if you want to look at how long the United States got to where we are today in terms of uh, voting rights, mail-in ballots, and all the you know First Amendment and all the things that go along with that, 
you know, you, you can't really look at that, you know, in the past 20 and 30 years, you really have to say, well, Columbus landed here in 1492. It's taken, mm-hmm. it's taken people in America 500 years to get to where we are today. Okay. Right. For better or for worse. And, uh, you know, if you go to a country in the Middle East, uh, whatever, you know, Egypt, Libya, and um, you, you have these, uh, these democracy movements that is encouraged by Western governments, and we expect things to be successful overnight when it took us 500 years to get to this level. And uh, it's not going to happen. So, you know, there's one of the things that the United States has to recognize. Uh, it's one thing to protect our interests and protect other people's interests. It's a whole other thing to convince people to live a different way than they want to live. That's close to impossible. That's very uh, true. And uh, um, listening to the types of things uh, people have been uh, saying, uh, it is amazing to see how many people in our own country uh, seem to be uh, seeking something a lot more authoritarian uh, than what we currently have. And that surprised me a great deal. Well, you, you know, um, and, and you could look at both ends of the spectrum, whether you're on the far left or the far right. You know, human beings, when they perceive they're in trouble or danger, whether it's, you know, their perception of it is their reality, okay? Um, right. Pe- people have always, throughout history, uh, look to, you know, the strong man who will deliver them from whatever crisis they perceive is going on. And as always, they don't think about two steps down the road when the crisis passes, and the strong men don't want to um, don't want to give up their power. Um, you know, we have we have uh, you know far right nationalist movements, uh, and uh, in the United States and in Western Europe, and then we also have in the United States this you know very hardcore uh, left kind of left-leaning socialist type of movement and they're both opposite extremes and the extremes have the same result you wind up with situations where you have a very powerful central government that winds up dictating everything and a few individuals or one individual dictating everything and both situations are very dangerous and uh, we know we need to recognize that for what it is Oh, indeed, that is very uh, true. And, uh, again, people don't seem to study history. You're a much better historian than I am, but I'm also a student of history. And uh, just by looking into what happened before, uh, you can see what has the potential of happening again. And uh, the, the things that are happening are very disturbing because of what happened before uh, when these type of uh, attitudes and these type of outlooks uh, popped up and uh, uh, started influencing uh, politics. So it's, it's very disturbing, uh, especially since uh, uh, things that happened uh, during World War II in uh, Europe uh, seem to be happening here now. And not that they didn't happen now, uh, not that they didn't happen in World War II in this country as well. They did, uh, but they didn't, uh, they didn't, uh, capture the public imagination to the extent that they're doing so now. Well, you know, you, you talk about, uh, let's talk about human nature again. Um, you, you know, if, a, if an individual has a very bad, has a, they're in a bad situation, whatever 
Um, most people will not look introspectively and say my situation is caused by a couple of bad choices I made over the past few years and how do I right. fix that and move forward and, and, and better myself. There are some people out there who are going to look in the mirror and say, uh, yes, I'm in a bad situation and who am I going to blame that on? And then they start looking for figures to blame it on. And, and you know, we, we all know uh, unfortunately, one of the, one of the uh, one of the things that happens is anti-Semitism rides up. You know, whether it's in Western Europe and, and the Middle East, uh, in different parts of of, of America, uh, and people make um, you know ignorant excuses and start blaming other people and uh, you know false perceptions for their own problems. And uh, it's unfortunate that we see these things. The thing is, though. You know, we're very aware of this. You know, at least we're having yes. a conversation to prevent it from happening. Uh, you know, we put we put uh, police in front of synagogues. We put uh, in Englewood, you know, concrete planters with plants around the synagogues to protect them because we recognize there's an issue. Our head is not in the sand. And we do what we're going to have to do to ride out the storm. But, uh, you know, this comes and, I, and I'm not. I'm not going to go down a you know anti Donald Trump uh, uh, right, right. Uh, rabbit hole here, but you know words have consequences, and uh, when you have individuals who have they're in the bully pulpit, whether they're on the left or the right, and they say crazy things that encourages crazy people uh, to do bad things, and uh, you know it's the old you know fire screaming fire in the firehouse going to cause people to stampede over a lie and people will get hurt and people will die so words of consequences and, and that is uh, that is one of the things that i find disturbing that uh, uh things are said uh casually at uh, high levels and uh, no responsibility is taken for the consequences of those words because uh people are inspired to act as you said and they credit these words with inspiring them to do the things they did so uh it's it's not as if we have to um, do mental gymnastics to figure out their motivation or or, or what might have uh, uh, thrown a match in the, the, the bunch of sticks. We know because they tell us. And, uh, and, and that is uh, disturbing. Our words do have consequences in our daily lives uh, with the people we love and the people we interact with. And on the political arena, they have much more uh, power because uh, people uh, credit our leaders with uh, a certain amount of authority. And uh, so I, I'm watching that. And that's one of the things that I personally find uh, more uh, disturbing, that, that there's an abdication of responsibility. Uh, I, I, I think you're 100% right. And, uh, you know, even, even in my, my modest role as a city councilman, uh, you know, when my colleagues and I are on the dais, uh, we had a council meeting last night, you know, the public comes to us and they ask us questions. And, you know, we're, we're mere mortals, right? Uh, uh, yes. We're not Athenian gods, right? <laughs> you know, just, uh, we're mortals. We read reports. So we, we, we read reports and statistics and spreadsheets. So because we got elected to the city council, we have homework to do. And so we have access to some more information than um, the regular or you know, the average resident, because the average resident, if they didn't get elected, 
Uh, they ask us to do the job. So they come to us and they ask us questions and we have access to the data. So we're able to answer those questions. And I will tell you, you know, 99% of the time they want to believe us and we want yes. to be telling them the truth and we want to be telling them the truth. And, um, you know, interesting, just to digress for a little second, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's six council people and the mayor in our city council. And, uh, yeah. One of the things is we're all very quick to call each other out if we don't agree. You know, if you're right. up there and you say, you know, there's two steering wheels in the dump truck, we're all going to turn to you and say, Hercules, what are you talking about? There's one steering wheel. And you'll be like, oh, you're right. Uh-huh. I misspoke. Right. So so kind of that at the political level, that sort of lack of trust and checks and balances keeps all of us, forces us to be honest, uh, even on yeah. the most mundane things, uh, which which is a good thing. And. You know, you segue that up to uh, to Capitol Hill, and uh, we see what's going on uh, in the Democratic uh, Judiciary Committee and uh, Attorney General Barr refusing to turn over information uh, because we fundamentally we have a, a great system of government, and the system of government was designed not it was designed so that the elected officials don't trust each other because if we yeah. all start trusting each other. We're going to start believing other people's lies, you know, lies. Right. And so if, 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 if one uh, senator or one congressperson says something and the other guy naturally or the other woman naturally doesn't trust them, they're going to call them out on it. You're going to have to defend your position. And that sort of political battle is a good thing to have because you don't want, as Americans, we don't want all our elected official, officials marching and goose-stepping down uh, Pennsylvania Avenue uh, at any Correct. level whatsoever, right? We, you want differences of opinion. You want arguments. That's what will keep everything healthy and freer, ultimately. Correct. And uh, it, it, it is a sign of health. When I first came to Tenafly, I remember the first story uh, about me that I shared uh, publicly was that uh, when I was uh, a kid, uh, in Greece, they had the military junta, and they had elections, but they had posters for only one side, Psyfiste Archi, vote no. And right. that was a message that was uh, spread on television, and the booths were open, so everybody could see what you were voting, and there were soldiers with machine guns there. <laughs> so even though you, were, you could vote whatever you wanted, uh, if you didn't vote no, there were consequences. So that impressed itself on my young mind, and I was very grateful subsequently uh, for the fact that we had checks and balances here, uh, for the fact that we didn't have to agree and that there was uh, all sorts of debate. Sometimes the debate got uh, nasty, um, you know, too nasty, I felt, but still there was that difference of opinion, and there was uh, an arena upon which uh, these opinions could be expressed. And, uh, and, and basically uh, resolved. And even though, yes, it slowed things down, it guaranteed uh, that uh, we, we had this diversity in thought and opinion and that what we were deciding hopefully affected positively uh, the bulk of uh, our citizenry. So that didn't always happen, but that's part of you know, the, the, the process. No, 100%. And, and- you know, the kind of the atmosphere over the past uh, two and a half years, if you will, uh, the public has been more engaged 
I should even say the past three and a half years to include the year prior to the election. Uh, mm-hmm. The public has been more engaged uh, in Washington politics than they typically are engaged. Yes. I mean, you, you know, you can when you turn on whether you watch CNN or Fox News every morning, it's all about uh, politics at the national level to a degree that we have never experienced before. Uh, and so the whole country is constantly engaged, and you and then you have the whole social media issue. So you have people who traditionally weren't engaged on a day-to-day basis. You know, if you, on a day-to-day basis, what goes on in Congress and the Supreme Court and the White House day-to-day, you know, short of a major decision, does not affect our lives at all. Okay, uh, you know what mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi does for the next five days. Really, most of us, it has no relationship to us whatsoever unless, you know, she's out signing subpoena documents. Then it's a major issue. But now right. we live in an atmosphere where everything is, is tweeted, put up on Facebook, commented on, liked, disliked immediately. So we actually, uh, we become somewhat our own worst enemies because we become obsessed with uh, the next piece of news um, as if as if the next piece of news is going to somehow be the the cliff you either climb up or fall down on, and that's right. not how politics works. It's a very slow moving, uh, deliberate process. Very very fortunately, and uh, um, it, it's good to remember what you uh, just uh, said because uh, uh, I found myself. Uh, uh, being on a roller coaster ride by following the news uh, too closely, so I've cut back dramatically. Uh, knowing oh, you, have to. you have to, right? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't live in a reactive uh, manner. And on a positive note, it forced me to think about what I want to do with these three decades or so uh, that are remaining to me on this planet. So it's really forced me to ask myself, what am I all about? What do I really believe in? You know, what do I feel is important and why? So uh, the self-reflection that these uh, tumultuous times has afforded me has been of great uh, benefit. So uh, I've gotten involved in a lot of uh, activities that I know will take a lot of uh, time, but uh, insofar as I can discern, uh, these are the things that meant the most to me out of all the important things that we could possibly do. So it's provided a structure to my life, and and I welcome uh, that. It provided a challenge that uh, inspired me to to meet the challenge to the best of my ability, while knowing that my individual contribution is is very minimal. It's like, what energy do I have, and where can I best apply it? That's a very good place uh, to be, because it's it's more actively engaged me uh, in my world. So for that, I'm grateful. That's fabulous. You know, it's interesting, uh, being a little retrospective, uh, uh, my, my wife asked me, uh, recently, you know, if you could, um, if you could do things, um, you know, I'm in my late fifties. She, she said, if you can do things over again, uh, which is everyone's fantasy conversation, right? Right. Uh, what, what, what would you do differently, Mark? And I said to her without thinking too much, I said, I would do more of the things I wanted to do and less of the things that was expected of me. Uh, and that's, you know, that's kind of <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and I think most people, uh, you know, would be happier, more content. And, and if growing potatoes in your backyard is what you want to do more of, 
then that's what you should be doing because if that makes you happy, that's the only thing that matters there, right? Um, and and uh, I, you know, we, we, I agree with you. Yeah, right. uh, that conversation came up yesterday in a meeting that I attended. Uh, there's a new uh, 501c3 forming locally, and they had asked me uh, to be on board and to be on their board. So, you know, I sat down and listened and uh, threw in my two cents, and, you know, it, it looks to be moving forward. But uh, I had Great. shared a story about my father, and uh, my father was in uh, the Care One facility and then in other facilities toward his uh, last days. And while he was still lucid, uh, he shared uh, an insight that he spent his entire life doing what others expected and trying to be good, and look where he wound up. And uh, well, that, that was where right. Found fit. Right, right. That's uh, that's a key. Um, you know, that's all, this is a whole other philosophical uh, philosophical uh, argument, and you know, it gets to the issue of we talked about kind of uh, people who are on the extremes of the bell curve and uh, right. perhaps if they were doing more of the things they really felt was important to them, uh, you know, maybe they want to be a farmer instead of go to law school, but you know, they, they were pressured or they felt obligated to go to law school, you know, or vice versa. They wanted to be a lawyer, but said they were a farmer, whatever it might be. Uh, you could probably fill whole rooms full of people who want to do things that other people were doing and, you know, exactly the opposite the world might be a happier place. And uh, I, don't, I don't mean it on a self, selfish level. You know, if you get married and you have children, you know, those are your choices. You have, you're responsible for your you're obligations right. and your family. Right. But, but you know, that, 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 doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that uh, you need to buy into every, every commercial and, uh, you know, financial advantage and do everything so that you can, yeah, the whole, your whole life shouldn't be about making your 401k bigger. Right. Because like you said, you know, one day we're all going to be lying in that bed. And I, I, would, I would place a bet there's not a lot of people out there when they're lying in that bed saying, you know what, if I only had done one more PowerPoint presentation or one more right, conference right. call or gone to one more meeting. No, nobody ever says that. No, they don't. And I worked with people who were in that bed and weren't getting out for many years in my uh, career in the human services. And at the end, uh, it, it really boils down to like three things. One is if you have uh, good memories that you could share, right. that's like your greatest treasure when you're not getting up from that bed. Uh, if you have very few regrets uh, to eat at you and the regrets aren't for big things like, you know, or things that are important to you going through life. Uh, as you pointed out, uh, it's, I could have told somebody how I felt and I didn't, I could have did some, I could have done something that I had the opportunity for and I didn't take it because I was concerned about what people would say. I had the opportunity to go somewhere and I didn't go. It's, it's like really basic, uh, things like that. And then if you have at least one person, even if they're a paid person who cares enough about you to spend some time talking to you every now and again, those are the, the those are the things that matter when you're in that bed and you're not uh, getting out. So uh, yes, you're right. It's very important to consider those things as you're moving through life, because at the end, most of the things that you uh, consider vital don't prove vital at all. Right. That's, uh, that's very true. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the issue of regrets, so, you know, uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, I was in the gubernatorial primary a few years back and, uh, mm -hmm. obviously it was a huge uphill battle. And, you know, in the beginning, 
people, my friends were like, Mark, why are you doing this? Your odds of winning are so small. There would have to be so many lightning bolts and so many things would have to fall into place. And I said, you know, I said to all my friends, this is something I've always wanted to do. And even if I, even if I know I'm going to lose, you know, 99.9% chance, if the day after that election, I say to myself, um, you know, and I didn't get into it. If I wake up and say, why didn't I do that? I should have done what I wanted to do rather than meeting everyone else's expect expectations. That would have been extremely difficult for me to live with, but being in the battle and losing, okay. Losing a good battle. I was able to wake up the day next day saying, you know, well, that stinks. I didn't win. Boo hoo, but get up and went right back into the next battle on next election with no regrets whatsoever. And I always liked you and I always admired you, uh, your boldness in doing that, maybe admire you even more. (laughs) (laughs) Some people would say crazy, (laughs) but still you were bold enough to attempt it. And, uh, um, it did expand your world, uh, tremendously. And, uh, uh, the expansion is benefiting you now. So, uh, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained, and you certainly ventured, and, uh, the, yeah, that's admirable. Well, you know, this, to your point, people should do more of the things they want to do and mm-hmm. stop worrying about getting other people's, you know, you've got your children, you've got to meet your obligations, right? You've got to figure that out. But do the things you want to do. And don't be afraid of uh, other people's opinion of it. Very important. I I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, as you know, some of the things I'm doing are pretty, uh, you know, strange to most people, but it's what I really want to do. And when I'm lying in that bed, when I'm looking back uh, on uh, these times, uh, you know, I'll think back that, yes, it was challenging and and sometimes uh, extremely difficult, but I was aiming for what exactly I wanted to do. So I'll have that satisfaction that even if it doesn't succeed, I attempted it. I gave it everything I had and uh, it it did expand the world. Right. That's exactly what, that's exactly where you want to be. Perfect. So, I, I getting back from the uh, global into the more uh, local, uh, you've taken a very uh, functional approach. Uh, and that too is very bold uh, because as people are caught up in all these issues, I'm sure a lot of people are uh, advising you to get become more vocal on these issues, but uh, you're focusing on the well-being of our community. And uh, the things that you're uh, uh, speaking about and promising are greatly focused on the well-being of our community. Well, you know, so I'm running for mayor. It would be very easy, uh, easier for me to get up and start talking about, you know, things at the state level, things at the national level, rah, rah. Uh, but the reality is in, uh, in our town in Tenafly, the number one thing residents are talking about are potholes. Not even real estate taxes right now. That's this guy goes to show you how bad the potholes are. No one's complaining to me about taxes. Um, so and that's you know the pot- right. And, and so if you're going if if, if you're running for mayor of your local town or a city council seat in your local town, you need to be focused on the local issues, uh, the roads, the trees, the parks, the senior citizen center, the senior citizen bus. Those are the things that matter um, to the community. Do you know? Do you put turf field at the high school or do you have dirt and and how does that mean in terms of playing time 
how do you communicate to the residents? That's what people on a local level want to hear. They, nobody cares about my opinion of uh, politics in Washington, D.C., uh, or Trenton, even, for that matter. They want to know what's going on in town of Bly. And right. uh, anyone who's running for local office always needs to remember that. You can't forget your home base and uh, stay focused on that. And that's what this campaign is. We're staying focused on our local home base. And, and, and that is phenomenally important. And our last conversation, uh, in fact, inspired me to take certain actions. Um, I wrote uh, a short article for our borough newsletter. Uh, I started with uh, bears because uh, bears have been right. spotted in the tenderfly, but I'll be doing one on deers very soon. Uh, because I do podcasts, I started a podcast to focus on uh, uh, these animal uh, issues uh, so this podcast focuses on bears and deer and other uh, type of animal issues. It also focuses on dogs and cats and the uh, Northern Valley Greenway initially. Uh, and Excellent. right now, uh, every uh, fifth week on certain days, but I'm working on getting it next monthly and then uh, uh, to expand it uh, past uh, that. Uh, and uh, in the Crestia Library, which I'm very active with, uh, they're trying to start a, um, a, a greenhouse. So I'm at the oh, point with nice. our gardening where we have a greenhouse in the back. We have window gardening, and now we have front yard gardening. So that's as uh, far as I can go with uh, my own uh, property. Uh, and I've got involved in Crestkill, and now I want to get involved in Tenafly, as we were speaking about last time, uh, to see what's being done, how can I help that out, and how can I uh, – uh, with this uh, vision that I have that I'm sharing with people outside of uh, New Jersey uh, and we're doing things, uh, how can we expand what's already been dreamed and is happening in Tenafly uh, so that it encompasses like a wider uh, circle? And there are lots of organizations globally that have phenomenal ideas that I think we can incorporate that, uh, that uh, uh, tie community closer together, that help people save money. So um, I'm really excited about this particular course of action. You know, that's uh, interesting and very timing. Congratulations, I see you on that. Um, at last night's council meeting in Tenafly, a matter of fact, the whole issue of our, uh, we have a greenhouse in uh, Davis Johnson Park that has been in disrepair, and we have authorized uh, some money to be invested to start repairing that, which oh, is supposed cool. to start very soon. So that might be something you want to uh, take a look at. And, you know, just throwing out a left field here, um, one of the things would be interesting is uh, we've only thought about that greenhouse in the traditional greenhouse sense. You know, you have tables, you have pots, you have dirt, you grow things. But maybe we should do a little uh, hydroponic uh, growing up in that greenhouse. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, to do some testing and see what that's all about and uh, and learn. That would be great for the community. Um, so, um so there, there you have that. But that's great that you're doing that. Yeah, that, that was one of the things I considered important enough. I, I'm not a scientist, but that scientific report from the United Nations and other uh, places on the things that we need to attend to as uh, a species to make sure of our continued existence inspired me. And uh, uh, that was something that I could personally do. The other stuff I'm, I'm really uh, – um, at this point, uh, my ignorance is vast, so I really can't make uh, the wisest decisions. But for the things I understood, right. uh, I could act on this. Right. Excellent. That's great. 
That's what you're so, doing, what you want to do. That's wonderful. Yes, I'm doing what I want to do. And, uh, you know, for better or worse, uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, <laughs> what I feel would help uh, the planet uh, – <laughs> During the time uh, that I'm here now, now Mark, okay, well, we understand your uh, political dreams and uh, your political ambitions, and you're very actively on that road. What other type of things uh, do you envision yourself uh, doing? Uh, in terms of in terms of the my you know uh, in terms of governing and public service. Uh, sure, and and beyond that, if you care to share. Well, so uh, you know. I'm focused on the mayoral campaign right now. Yes. And uh, frankly, you can only do one campaign at a time. And, uh, you know, I would, I would not have an opportunity to run for mayor and having the opportunity is all about uh, other people supporting me in the run. You don't do these things by yourself. You have to have people who support you and people support me uh, not because they think I'm a nice guy or a bad guy or a good guy, it's because, you know, I've been on, I'm in my seventh year on the council. I focus on Tenafly issues on the council. And, uh, you know, you do the, the nut and bolt day-to-day work of that. And then, and then people say, okay, um, let's focus on the mayoral race now. And then uh, if I'm fortunate enough that people choose me as their next mayor, I'm going to be focused on different issues around Tenafly that matter. Uh, you know, again, you know, the potholes, the, the pools, the greenery, whatever, whatever that means. And if 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 I do a good job as mayor and that leads to people supporting me to do something else one day, then then so be it. Um, I, you know, I've done a lot of things in business over my career and um, that started my business career is is fundamentally starting to sunset in the sense that. I want to focus intentionally on public service because that's mm-hmm. where my heart is. And so that's the direction I'm going in and where that takes me. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm ready for the, uh, for the ride. You know, it's a different road I'm going down now and uh, that's uh, we'll see what happens. And you are quite the historian. I think of all the people I've had on the show, uh, your knowledge of history is uh, vast. I do a lot of reading. <laughs> I, I read multiple books on the same topic. So, you know, that you get different points of view and then you draw your own opinions. Uh, and, and it shows that you are knowledgeable uh, from the examples uh, that you uh, bring up. Um, I focus on certain topics and until like there's a consensus and it always boils down to we have responsibility for our world. Even on my uh, cosmic spirituality and UFO uh, explorations, which uh, are, are you know, a vast amount of uh, what I explore uh, event ultimately and eventually the conclusion to all of this uh, is that we are responsible for what is happening in our world. Uh, and whether people believe that there's somebody or something that will come to save us at some point, it's until they get here, we have to make this uh, you know, as, as good a place to be as we possibly can. So uh, in the uh, exploration on the path of public service, which uh, is also a big part of uh, uh, my shows as well. That's what it all uh, boils down to. And uh, I can vouch for the fact uh, because although I don't attend the meetings as often as I once did, uh, I used to attend uh, fairly often at one time. And uh, y- you were always uh, um, 
open to expressing a difference uh, of opinion or another perspective. So again, that was one of the things I greatly admired. I appreciate that. Thank you. I think uh, uh, different opinions are important. Whether you agree with the different opinions or not is a separate issue. You need to be open-minded enough to at least listen. Uh, The, you know, two comments about what you just said, you know, you know, Senator Robert Kennedy, I'm only going to paraphrase here. I can't quote it exactly, but you know, he, he said, you know, if not us, then who? And uh, and I'll, another another quick example is my wife and I were walking our, our dog tonight, and uh, we were walking past Walnut Park. And um, and so I've been on the council seven years now, and she says, uh, I see that they're, uh, they're, 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 they decided to renovate the park over there and put in new swings and things. They, she said, they. I, so uh-huh. I said to her, I said, do you understand you shouldn't be saying they, you should be saying you and your colleagues, not because I'm looking for credit, right? but it's like, there is no they, you know, we are the people that, uh, whether it's you, me, citizens, you know, we are they, there is no, there is no uh, savior that's going to ride up on a white horse out of nowhere right. to save us from ourselves. We have to do it ourselves. And I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. And uh, and again, I've just noticed that all the conversations, regardless of what the topic uh, happens to be, uh, eventually steer that point. And that becomes the point that everybody can agree on, even though they differ about almost every other point. It's like, you know, uh, it's our responsibility. And uh, going back to prehistory uh, or early history, which is more my uh, bag, there's a, a Jewish saying uh, I believe it was Hillel who said it, but uh, I'm not positive. Uh, if not you, then who? If not now, right. when? <laughs> right. Right. That's that's the whole Robert Kennedy. That's the whole, exactly. Yeah, if not now, when? What, what are we waiting for? But, uh, <laughs> you know, everyone should run for public office and everyone should, should, uh, should sit a term whether it's council, Congress, whatever, and to, to, to really understand um, the process by which things get done. Uh, right. So that's, uh, you know, it would be, it's a great learning experience. You know, it's a privilege, but it's also a great uh, learning experience. You know, some, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm one of those uh, guys who uh, I have cigars with my friends once in a while. Uh-huh. And, uh, the store I regularly go to uh, because I'm in another campaign, they happen to have one of my campaign signs up in a corner of the store. And uh, a couple of weeks ago we were in there and a new fellow came in and he was smoking and he saw the sign. He didn't know who I was, you know, that sort of thing. We were just, you know, having a nice time. And uh, he saw the sign, made a comment about it and kind of went down the road a little about how all politicians are crooks sort of thing. And, Mm. uh, you know, one of my friends, picked up on it and started saying, well, why do you feel that way? Because he was, you know, we were, we were setting him up for the conversation. And I finally had to say, listen, we, you know, we're not all crooks. We're not, you know, right. we're not all driving around in chauffeured Rolls Royces and taking private jet planes everywhere. You know, we're just trying to pay our bills and figure out how the borough pays its bills with its limited resources. But, uh, you know, the public, the public perception is what it is. And that's why everyone should serve an office if they can. To, uh, to get an insight of what it's like to uh, kind of move things forward. 
And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I attempted my first attempt uh, recently. Uh, I did not have the confidence of uh, the uh, Democratic Committee, but I will try again uh, next time, and I will keep trying until I prevail. Well, you know, and congratulations to you for having the courage to put your name in the hat. And, uh, you know, for, you know, very often uh, in order to win elections, you have to lose elections. Right. Uh, it is it is the rare person that uh, wins every single election they're ever in or every nomination. And so and you, by the way, you learn more from your losses than you do your wins, as in most I things in life. Well. Right. So, now, so do it again next year if that's what you want to do. I certainly will. And we've reached the end of our journey uh, for today. Uh, I've shared uh, a link to your website. I've shared a link to your Facebook. Uh, is there any place else you'd like me to share a link to? No, I, pre- I look at uh, the uh, uh, Zinna 2019, Z-I-N-N-A 2019.com is uh, a fabulous link. That's my campaign website. And, uh, Please, uh, please visit it to learn more and uh, and uh, volunteer and help out. That'd be great. I appreciate it, Hercules. And I will be posting it uh, weekly, and uh, uh, we'll keep the uh, first uh, Wednesday of every month, uh, or the second, actually. Uh, that'll be yours, and uh, uh, I have some uh, panels uh, planned. I will inform you of those. Anything you'd like to participate in, you're more than welcome. Uh, and I have, I appreciate uh, I'm, it. I appreciate I'm adding a fourth day, so I have more time. So please let me know if you need anything else. Okay, fabulous. Okay. Thank you very much for inviting me on again this evening. And thank you for being on. I wish you great success, and uh, have a great day, Mark. You've given me a lot to think about, as always. You too. Take care. You too. Um, We are going to listen to a quick uh, song, uh, Evolve by Bone Poets Orchestra, and then we'll be back with the Sussex Report and Astrid.
And getting into um, the the whole Sussex thing, I just want to uh, reiterate again that um, project self-sufficiency is just amazing. If you're unaware of it, my uh, the listeners, um, you really have to get on, on their site and look at all the things they offer. Matter of fact, uh, tonight they had offered a program on uh, a free program on family law, which is very involved and it directly affects many people. It was a seminar on child support, the uh, court procedures, and other topics related to um, uh, divorce, separation, and how the law, uh, how law affects people directly. You know, it's best to find out from uh, a lawyer who is specializes in family law. And uh, each little area, people think, well, I can just go see a lawyer. No, you really need to look at the specifics. And, again, just like uh, with teaching or any other profession, people specialize, well, lawyers specialize as well. And they did have a seminar tonight, and I'm sure they will have future seminars. So um, I encourage people to look into Project Self-Sufficiency and all see all the different free seminars they offer and um, options in terms of uh, how to deal with situations within the family. I'm going to post the link right now and uh, throughout uh, the uh, um, week. And I must let you know that you've inspired me. I've reached out to several organizations in my community. Uh, and now I am uh, uh, sharing whenever they have announcements of all the things that they're doing. These are our wonderful, wonderful. Uh, it is like important. And, and, you know, there are many, there are ways to find things out, but it gets very difficult in, in the, uh, Crazy, maniacal way that we lead our lives, just so busy. Uh-huh. And, and I and I look at parents and and their students, you know, their children, trying to accomplish so much. You know, getting up in the morning, doing this, doing that, getting off to either work or school, coming home, and being involved with sports. And it's very hard. Many times, I would find that people would find out about different activities or uh, exhibits after the fact. So you really are providing such a good service. A matter of fact, there was a job fair for those 14 and older who were looking for employment at the Tomahawk Lake Water Park. They had a job fair today, but wow. I'm sure you could still uh, contact them if you're interested. And this, they have a lot of different positions, lifeguards, ticket sales, cashiers, guest service, water slide dispatchers. I was amazed. Boat attendants, food service, parking attendants, security, boat drivers, custodial maintenance. So, uh, And they say that the, they, you can go down as low as 14 years old, and it doesn't say anything here about the uh, cutoff age. And you have to work weekends, holidays, transportation, and they say that mature adults, students, and senior citizens are welcome as well, and they are willing to train. Uh, you have to have uh, two forms of ID when you do get in touch with them, and if you're under 18, obtain working papers. But if you're interested, you can always contact them directly at www.tomahawklake.com. And I will send some of these things to you later. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it's wonderful that they have all these different – there's so many sites available here that can afford employment employment for people. So it's just a matter of finding out how to access it. 
Right. That, that is what I'm finding in uh, my adventure, and you've opened my eyes to this, uh, that there are so many great things and productive things and useful things uh, happening in our community that if we start focusing on these uh, and uh, tapping into them and uh, taking advantage of them, uh, honestly, you know, the fact that they're there for us, uh, mm-hmm. our lives improve tremendously. Uh, and it can solve a lot of the anxiety and depression that people have about the state of our our, our planet at this time. And there's always a balance, and, and it takes, uh, again, the communication to find out about the, the positive energy that goes out, because very often the news can be very negative because they can sell papers. Yes. But there are papers and sites, as you as you told me the last time, about the Chamber of Commerce. They have their own site, and you can get updates and networking and speakers and, and community right. involvement right directly from them. That, that's very true. I'm very involved in my uh, chamber. I'm on the board of directors, and I'm the official greeter of new businesses to our, our fair borough. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. The, uh, the chamber, and uh, of all the things that I've gotten involved with uh, since uh, coming here to Northeast New Jersey, I must admit that the chamber has been the best, not only for me, but for uh, in terms of uh, uh, who I am and what I have to offer applying it. So I'm, I'm very grateful for our Chamber of Commerce. That's great. Uh, another thing that's happening in Sussex County is um, the um, Sussex County's provider of support services to individuals with developmental dis- disabilities, which is called SCARC, S-C-A-R-C, are actually, actually going to unveil its newly built $2.7 million community center. And that's, they're going to have a catered open house from 4 to 7 tomorrow. And it's wow. huge. It's next to the older 206 headquarters in Augusta. And I'm sure they're going to be able to reach so many more people now. They do an awful lot, you know, for the community. And, again, here's another resource for people. And I will give you that information for the open house tomorrow because it's basically from 4 to 7, as I said, on a Route 206 in Frankfurt. And they have an RSVP of 973-383-7442. And I will send that to you. And uh, Squark is a great thing. They serve up between uh, 250 and 300 adults, children, and they're looking to uh, offset the decline in the number of children served. So they want to increase the young children. And when they transition to adulthood, continue with this. And then even older adults. It's amazing of the uh, services and the leadership that they've done. So that's wonderful. And I will send you that particular information for SCARC so people can contact them. And on the business level, uh, Selective Insurance, which is a very large employer in Sussex County, they're actually in Branchville, they have won a Forbes Award. They have been named one of America's best mid-size employers. That's a really great thing. It really is. You know, they're being recognized like this. And they have about, uh, I think, 2,300 employees. And they foster this commitment and having a great working environment there. I know they have all different little things going on, like, you know, they had their Take Your Daughters and Sons to Work Day event. 
They had children to, uh, learning with uh, small projects how to make a difference in the community through small service projects and also about teaching them about career opportunities. So they are very involved with their employees. It extends beyond the work day. Right. I, I've, I've been looking them up as you've been speaking, so I shared mm-hmm. the link to uh, SCARC and also to the uh, Project Social Sufficiency. Uh, I wrote on Optimal Wellness Alert, a Sussex County resource from Astrid of the Sussex Report. <laughs> Thank you so much. But it's wonderful to see that there are private sector businesses that are striving to make a difference in, in the community. Besides right. of all the all of the public sector uh, organizations that we have, so that's a big thing. I, I believe that as well, and I believe that a lot of our polarization is preventing us uh, from seeing that. I recently um, set up a uh, a speaking event for a, a labor organization in our local library, uh, and I promoted it uh, at the Chamber of Commerce and other places, and. Uh, bankers, uh, real estate uh, um, company owners, and uh, uh, people like that uh, showed up, and they were supportive of it. Uh, the real estate company actually provided water for the speaker and for the people uh, attending, and uh, a local banker was there. And uh, afterwards, in the conversation, um, the uh, speaker said that uh, as a labor person, he never expected to find that he had so much in common uh, with the president of the Chamber of Commerce, you know, with bankers. So uh, getting rid of the the, the us versus them attitude that uh, uh, has gripped our nation uh, helps things move smoother. And we find that uh, not all corporations are greedy uh, uh, and want to exploit people and destroy the environment, that there's a lot of people who own businesses, uh, small and medium-sized businesses, and even big businesses who want to contribute something positive to our world. And they do so in, in ways that they can. Uh, the real estate company was uh, collecting things uh, to help people who are on the uh, uh, public assistance, mothers with children, uh, to have things that public assistance doesn't cover, but that they need to run a household, uh, and they had done a drive, you know. So uh, if we look around and open our eyes, we can see that there's a lot of good people trying to do good things. Most definitely, and uh, I'd like to move a little bit into uh, move away from our wondrous county up here and get into an overall perspective on um, the greatness of the four elements. And uh, the last time we spoke at the Amber Dragon, we we were looking at directions and and how we were going to, um, how we're going to steer, which direction are we going to lead our interests so that our our, um, role in the public path can be better served. And and, And for whatever reason, the four elements came to me. And with Mother's Day around the corner, Right. And last week, the celebration of Beltane, known as May Day, and I'm sure right. most people are unaware of what May the Day is all about, or Beltane and its origins, and it started a long, long time ago. It is not, I know most people always think in terms of, well, it's related to, you know, religion. Not really. <laughs> a long uh-huh. time ago, way back when, when agriculture was the driving force, communities would get together and help one another. And they would celebrate these particular holidays during the year 
and they were all in relation to the harvest. Certain mm-hmm. times of the year, whether it be the what, what was happening out in the universe in terms of the stars and, and, and the planets, which affected the weather. Um, but basically, Beltane happens midway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. It's right in the middle there. And what people would do is gather and build a bonfire. They would extinguish the fires in their homes, and they would they would bring their animals to be uh, basically to uh, a sacred type of a thing, a purification rite by fire. They would build the bonfire, and by the two elements of fire and air, this bonfire got quite large, and there was a whole procedure of looking for blessings and hope and, and aspirations for a good year at a good harvest, a good yield with their, their livestock. And, of course, later on, during the other seasons, it was was putting down the fire and getting ready for the cold winter and, and wondering who was going to be around the following year because, basically, people, their very lives depended on their crops, their livestock, and people helping one another, working with the elements. So here you have the, the you're leaving behind, you're purifi- purifying by air and fire, and you're looking forward to what the earth is going to yield. So it's the earth and the water. So there we go. Way back then, they knew the importance of the four elements. And maybe if we as a society became a little bit more respectful and had to deal with the elements more in relation to getting our food food yield, we wouldn't be Uh as disrespectful of what is going on in nature with their elements, the abuse. I had seen in the paper, I think it was the there was Nation and World, and it was actually Star-Ledger, it wasn't the Times, but it's a big thing. The, the United Nations made this remark saying that the biological diversity of the planet is at risk. Yeah. And their prediction is that one million species on, are on the verge of extinction. That's very sad for a great number of reasons. and. Yeah, and again, it's accelerated. Species loss is being accelerated much faster in the past because they don't have a sufficient habitat for long-time survival. So the oceans as well as the earth. It's not just the land formation. It's also the oceans as well. So there was a major study on it. I think they had more than 450 researchers that used 15,000 scientific and government report, and the summary was not good. It's not good. So it's not just affecting us. It's even affecting, you know, all the animals that we've had the luxury of having with us for all of these years. So let's yes. hope that um, there's a little bit more respect there and people look beyond themselves and now, now <laughs> we had talked about that uh, at the Amber Dragon and uh, yes. uh, on the forums as well. And uh, um, I started some activity here in uh, Tenafly, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm about to expand it a little bit more. And uh, Siowen had said that uh, she wanted to uh, duplicate what I was doing in uh, Teaneck. Uh, right. So here locally, 
we we have some activity going. And uh, when I see everybody in uh, Branchville in uh, Sussex County, uh, mm-hmm. I will be sharing uh, the template. And anybody who wants to uh, get involved is more than welcome That's to. That's wonderful. So that we- That's wonderful. And but there, is, there is a, a pendulum swing, though, don't you think, Hercules? Because then you look and you read, um, you read something like the largest coal-fired plant in New Jersey. That facility is going to shut down. It's the largest yes. of New Jersey's coal-fired power plant. It's it's shutting down. That's it. So that's down in um, I think Cape May area. Yeah, Cape May. And I was unaware that there was such a, a huge plant down there that was cold fired yeah i was unaware of it uh, also but now i'm aware of it so yeah i'll have to get into it and uh, ask yeah. questions so there you know and, and a lot of it happens not because of of um one person because we, we talked about that in burning with people being persistent right. and not taking no for an answer and it's the same thing with the offshore drilling plan People in New Jersey, the officials, people within the areas that would be affected off the coast of New Jersey and the Atlantic Ocean, they have, he, uh, obviously, Washington wanted to expand the offshore drilling, and they said they're studying what to do next because they are rejecting his efforts to push this drilling in the parts of Atlantic and the Arctic Ocean. Matter of fact, Pallone Representative Pallone, who chairs the House Energy and Commerce Committee, has jurisdiction over it. And uh, he said, well, you can't really trust them very much because they will try to do what they can. But um, it's, got the, it's going through the motions now where right. they see there are, is enough opposition that's going to be very, very difficult for them even to attempt doing it. Yes, and uh, are are getting involved by letting our politicians know through phone calls, emails, petitions. Oh, yeah. Know, right. And if you don't want to contact them directly, there's so many petitions online with uh, daily costs, credo. Um, you know, I even saw something in terms of a really great one, if you're interested. I know we always talk about this, that it's so hard to – be active in everything, but if there's something that you really feel that committed to, like if it's food, if it's Water Watch, there is a group called Food and Water Watch, and they they just put something out now, and it's about big oil and gas are teaming up with factory farms, and I was unaware mm-hmm. of this. They said they're teaming up to sell us a greenwashed nightmare, manure promoted as renewable energy called biogas. And it's the capturing of the methane from decomposing manure, how exciting, which can be burned for energy. They're saying it is not the solution to climate crisis. It's going to actually manipulate the factory farms by creating a market for the huge volumes of manure they produce. They're looking at pipelines, and you know as well as I do, if you start a pipeline for one thing, then it's opening the door for other pipelines. And uh, there actually is going to be a webinar concerning this. It talks about their hazards, the dirty air, the factory farms, and how it relates to climate change. And that is on Wednesday, May 15th at 5 o'clock 
I think, yeah, the Pacific time and 8 o'clock Eastern time. It says online or on your phone. So I will send you that because this is really interesting. It's another thing that sounds so wondrous or, oh, it's another alternative. But sometimes things become very sugar-coated, as we said, like with the plastic industry, you know, where, where things have gotten so out of control with plastics. And speaking of that, did you know that Maine has banned those plastic bags and styrofoam? No, I did not know that. I know that they Yes, they just did. And I'm hoping that it comes our way, too, because styrofoam is horrific. It doesn't disintegrate at all. Very, very true. And uh, here locally in Tenafly, I'm seeing that uh, – uh, a lot of the local stores are attempting to cut back in plastic bags, and uh, uh, they're going back to paper bags and uh, um, reusable uh, um, plastic and cloth uh, bags. Exactly, exactly. And even a, uh, a site like uh, HGTV, the Home and Garden site, they right. have just put out a uh, an email saying uh, uh, getting involved with gardening without chemicals. 12 ways to banish pests and natural weed killers. So doing things holistically and, then, and using nature rather than, than resorting to Roundup or those horrific chemicals that have a major effect on the water, the air, and the nervous system. Right. And, and you can basically get in touch, look at everything they have, but um, they have a site, and you can contact them, newsletters at email.hgtv.com. That so is awesome. With, isn't it great? They deal with more than just beautiful homes or ways to store things. They also are getting involved with the, the climate and, and ways that you can protect Mother Earth because – you know, this is our earth, and, and the more negative aspects we bring to it, there's going to be less available positive things that can, that can come back. Not everything is, rever- is reversible. That's, that's something that uh, we forget. Right, right, and we forget it at our peril. Most definitely, most definitely. And, you know, if you go into a restaurant, say that you don't want the paper, you don't want straws. Or ask them to um, to do away with that. Yeah, do away with the plastic. Yeah, that happens every now and then. We have wondrous uh, technology, but uh, it's not uh, quite uh, there yet. Yeah, and but you know, I think that businesses will respond, and it has to do with quantity. I remember we talked about the. Um, the snowstorm issues when there would be power outages and, and these corporations, these these wonderful uh, power companies would say, well, we only got one or two. We, we respond according to the, the calls logged. Right. The more people that speak out and say, and you don't have to be obnoxious, just say it in a nice way, saying, do you know that this is adding to the problem and that recycling is so important? And and plastics can cause such a dilemma. You know, educate others what, what information you have, or even if you don't want to share the information with them because you don't want to start lecturing people, but even just say to them, gee, I really wish that you would resort to having paper straws or paper bags 
or using natural products when you go to your home improvement center rather than right. having chem- chemicals or plastics. Wow. And, and, and again, uh, although it might not seem like uh, uh, anyone's contribution is uh, phenomenally great, anything you could do, no matter how uh, small it may seem to you, is a step in the right direction. And if, and if enough people did small things, uh, we would accomplish great things. Definitely, definitely. And, and uh, a great example of that is the New York Times on Wednesday, and it was actually May Day. I saved it. theirs. I thought it was wonderful. They had the whole um, science section devoted to the climate issue. And they got into very simple little, little uh, articles, things like, does recycling really do anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, is waste, is wa- food waste a big pr- part of the climate change problem? How can I reduce my food waste? Should I be composting? Should I worry about whether my produce is local and seasonal? Is organic produce really better than conventionally grown produce? And and these were they got into so many great topics that are day to day living. Things like uh, paper or plastic. Uh, how much impact do milk and cheese have on climate change? And I thought this is a great one, Hercules. Why aren't there labels in the grocery store explaining the carbon footprint of different foods? Wow. And this is in what paper again? This was the New York Times. And I know a lot of people can access it online because they don't want the paper. And um, it was the New York Times Wednesday, May 1st. So that was a week ago. And it was the science section. And this was... Basically, so it's Section D, as in Diane, and it was this was the section under the climate issue, and it was the unbelief they got into, you know, seaweed and what seaweed does for the um, for the environment, and and how seaweed is excellent for cooking. They gave recipes for seaweed. They had things like um, one section was the big questions, and it gets into um, the different about your diet, the kind of diet that you have and the food that you eat. And this is a great one. It says, I'm just one person. Can I really make a difference all by myself? Here we go. It's echoing what you just said. Uh And it says, well, maybe you can only make a dent, but guess what? It's such a huge problem that if one does it and the next one does it, it becomes a movement. That that it does, and that that is, I feel, what our responsibility is. That how can we work together, uh, each of us doing what we can uh, to to make these incremental changes so that uh, uh, things uh, improve and don't go down the uh, uh, path of doom that's being predicted. Right, and I will bring these articles and that whole section of the paper to you on Saturday, so you can look at it and whatever pieces you would like to segments you would like to take out and put on on uh, your website would be great. Yeah, I would love that very much. And I'm looking at the clock. Our time has passed already. The hours, the 40 minutes uh, uh, zoom by. Thank you so very much, Astrid. Um, folks can get in touch with Astrid uh, uh, through uh, my Facebook or through uh, my email. 
and uh, I posted these wonderful resources you've shared today, and any other resources you have to share, I'll gladly uh, post them uh, um, during the week. Astrid, you're an awesome person and an awesome uh, resource, uh, and I'm honored to know you, and uh, I'm proud to be working with you. And same for me. You know, you're an inspiration to all of us. Thank you very much, and uh, be well, and I'll see you in a few days. Most definitely. Have a great evening. You too, and happy Mother's Day. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We're going to listen to a short uh, um, song, King of Dreams, by Bren Kordorian, and then we'll be back with I on Northern New Jersey with the legendary Bill Waitman.
And welcome back to the Elysium Project. Today, we are focusing on the path of public service, and we are concluding our show with Eye on Northern New Jersey, hosted by my great friend and mentor, uh, Bill Waitman. Greetings and welcome to your show, Bill. Uh, Greetings to you, Hercules. I'm, I'm out of state. I'm in the state of Florida. Can you hear me? I can hear you very clearly. Uh, is all well on your end? Because uh, today we're having some sound yeah. problems. Yes, I, I can hear you very good. Okay, last just, time we... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, finish your sentence. Oh, last time we spoke, you were uh, contemplating running for office. So before we start, uh, I just wanted to ask you where you are with uh, that. Are you still running for office or... Um, I'm, I'm still thinking. I got to get back. I'm, I'm out of state uh, at a second property uh, that I have, uh, and it's been robbed and uh, pillaged. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I have, it's 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 really annoying. It's it. I, I just uh, a couple of hours ago, I went out to eat, and uh, the camera told me that uh, somebody was by my dog. My dog was locked in a cage. I just got in my car and. Uh, drove with my wife as fast as I could to get here. Uh, I, I mean, I know who the people are. Uh, they, I have cameras on my house. They're not one down. Uh, last night they threw a condom in my yard, so uh, I, I made some <laughs> silly remarks. But uh, mm. uh, we're here for now. We're going to tighten up things, and um, we need to put some better windows in. And uh, it's, We're good to the people around us. I mean, we're really good. Uh, so I, I didn't expect this, and, and expect it's coming out of one house, where an absentee landlord allowed ten people to move in, ten or twelve Whoa. people, and that's the problem here in uh, this section of Florida. I'm near Venice, but I'm in a, a section called Old Northport, 
because it was the original Northport, and uh, uh, it's a comfortable house. It's not a rich house or anything like that. I put fences around it to keep people out, and uh, unfortunately, people are climbing in. But I want to jump past that. Uh, I haven't made my mind. I have to get back before the July 1st to get my petition. So if I get back, I'm going to run. Um, that is awesome. In the interim, in the interim, up in Sussex County, I'm I'm, I'm kind of at about a, 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 a point of argument with my son over a candidate for office, uh, the sheriff. I've known him for, he's a Republican, but I've known him before he was a sheriff in Sussex County. I don't know if Ashford brought this up, but uh, he was accused of some sexual issues. And uh, I, I think part of it emanated, and in a sense, I feel... Sorry for the the under sheriffs, you know, that work in the the uh, the county jail and the like, because many are losing their job with the uh, coming of marijuana change of laws, and right. uh, uh, jail will be uh, downgraded, and uh, some of them uh, some might gain jobs in Morris County. I'm not happy about that, but uh, I just know this man for so many years. And uh, I said, I, I wondered how 150-something agencies could all of a sudden have a story on this. I mean, Sussex County is a small county in terms of less population probably than, uh, you know, maybe um, certainly less than Newark. And uh, it's bigger than Newark in land area. But uh, mm-hmm. that, 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 that bothered me. Uh, so I, I took the side and I, I said it on Facebook. I, I didn't write a letter. I'm, he will come on at a, at a future point. He wants to get past the primary. Uh, I think that it emanates from his own party, uh, and uh, I think there are some young sheriffs joining in because they're losing their jobs. But I, I believe sometimes we go too far with the, you know, the, this labeling. And I, I think I've known this man, but they said before a sheriff, I wish we'd focus more on the issues. And something that makes 140 um, – 140 something, 150 news agencies. That's somebody bigger than uh, the, the local uh, under sheriffs, and right. I think that comes out of the Republican Party up there. I personally don't think a sheriff should be a uh, a, a party animal. I think they should be independent. Uh, maybe running non, you know, the, when the elections are held for nonpartisan elections. Uh, I mean, many of them are. Uh, this one's a Republican. I know Burdick in uh, uh, in Passaic County pretty well. He's a Democrat. I used to know all the sheriffs. I did a national project with the sheriffs of New Jersey. Uh, I tested their uh, sheriff, under sheriffs, to make a test uh, to hire or or counsel people to be under uh, sheriffs. So I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's been changes in Sussex County. I knew him when this officer, when he was a police officer in Morris County, because uh, I was on the board of a uh, nonprofit called Norwest Cap, which almost reaches you in Bergen County, but stops short in Patterson. It's in seven counties, and it's Head Start, Meals on Wheels, uh, taking care of your electric bills, uh, helping people learn how to finance their incomes and get houses or cars. Uh, There's a lot of success stories. I wanted to follow up on something that uh, it, this is funny. I wrote a piece on Earth Day. I was at the first Earth Day. Uh, it was in Hudson County. Uh, there was a band playing called Elephant's Memory, which uh, often played mm-hmm. with John Lennon. I, the only Beatle I never met was John Lennon. 
I did meet the others. Uh, John Lennon was my favorite. Uh, I don't know if people want to hear their story, but I had a bar in Richfield and a bunch of postal workers that worked nights on the machines, you know, the zip coding machines. They right. would come in on a Saturday morning and uh, they would play Beatles songs and they would let me put, uh, I don't know if I'd give a plug to Jim Kerr, but Jim Kerr, of, um, he, uh, uh, I don't know what radio station he was on then. Uh, but he would, have, you know, he would have Beatles, Beatles for breakfast or something was titled. And uh-huh. after it was over, about five or six of these postal workers would always ask me, because I ran the bar on a Saturday morning. I did better on Saturday morning than I did on Saturday. They did on Saturday night. I had like 50, 60, 70 people in a 12th stool bar. Uh, but they wanted me to go to New York City to um, oh, Dakota to hang outside okay. because they wanted John Lennon and uh, I agreed one day and uh, I had kids and a wife living in Sussex County uh, she called and I changed my mind that was a December day uh, the day that uh-huh. John Lennon they did see John Lennon for the only time they did they got an autograph but so did his killer and uh, it, it was it was traumatic for them it changed it was one of the factors that played a role in our bar because it diminished that breakfast for the Beatles. And uh, we leveled off more on the, uh, you know, I went from about 30 postal offices and uh, postal people and uh, a medical, a medical, uh, what do you call it, blood program in, in Peterborough. Uh, uh-huh. to dwindled down far less. But um, I had a chance to meet John Lennon. I never did. I mean, I met the three others, uh, uh, a couple of um, you know a couple of times uh, George Harrison and Ringo was the uh, uh, concert for uh, I think it was for Bangladesh if I got the right country but uh, they were they were great their concerts were great I just recently heard Paul McCartney and uh, he blew me away he looked so young and his voice was so vigorous so something good happened I think he got another girlfriend or something. But uh, that was that was the road then. Um, I wanted to read you something. I'm not going to read, but I'm going to tell you about it. And it sure. really goes with what you're talking up in the last minutes of your show. I wrote a thing about that Earth Day, about Earth Day and that first one. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but uh, uh, if you remember back, if you've got that memory, or you, you, Paul Ehrlich wrote a book called The Population Bomb. We were so interested okay. in, uh, you know, population growing uh that's 49 years ago i'm talking about and uh i had posted things in the newspaper about nasa NOAA, and a third source in england about the rising temperatures of the world i mean a ridiculous thing came out today that uh, uh secretary of state said with the uh, waters ice disappearing there would be a whole new economy no it's not going to be a whole new economy we're going to lose a lot of wildlife a lot of beauty but potential uh, wa- uh, water, uh, heating up of the globe, uh, that, that's not a good thing. And, and in a military thing, Russia and China have, uh, Russia now has a frozen lake in the Arctic Ocean. Uh, so I don't find that out. But, uh, you know, we forget NASA and, and, and both the National, the National Weather Service had reported that temperatures are rising. And, and this, in this uh, last 20 years, we've had the five of the highest temperatures ever recorded in, as far as water and air. Uh, we've had Puerto Rico level where 
if Trump diminishes the amount of people killed, but it was closer to 4,000. And you've had the California, you know, fire losses that destroyed thousands of homes, uh, and that will require, you know, that will require a massing building effort. So this this right. kind of climate is indeed packing our uh, own nation and also the world. They noted here in Florida yesterday that June 1st is the beginning of hurricane season. Uh, uh-huh. I'm taking a trip if it, if the Trump doesn't embargo Cuba with some newer teachers. I'll send you some pictures if I get to go ashore. Uh, but in a ship embargo, this is a long dream for me because as a kid I made uh, met uh, President uh, Kennedy while he was campaigning. And mm-hmm. um, I, uh, oh God, I met um, his uh, speechwriter. I posted his picture on Facebook many times, Theodore Sorensen, who wrote the words, Ask Not, wrote that inauguration. Uh, wrote a book called Pro. He did. Uh, my wife and I have uh, met him a couple of times in New York City. Uh, great, uh, very uh, humble man. Uh, Kennedy got him his first suit. The, the Sorensen came out of, uh, I believe, Minnesota. My mind is not forgetting me. He died. He was uh, was pushing a book called The Counselor, and uh, uh, which dealt with his role in the White House for Kennedy and. Uh, 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 Johnson, and along the way, I um, my daughter got me. I believe it was my daughter. She got me into the New School for Social Research. Actually, I applied there was accepted years ago, but I went there to see Madam Secretary. I don't know if you know the show uh-huh. on CBS. It's uh, actually filmed mostly in New York. <laughs> it's not filmed in Washington. Uh, you know, they just do some photo scenes. But while there, I met. Uh, Nikita Khrushchev's daughter, Nina Khrushchev, uh, who worked at uh, at the New School for their World World Policy Institute, and I later she jumped to CNN. I haven't seen her in a long time, but that's pretty much. I haven't met the Castros, so I thought maybe uh, uh, that was a big factor in my life. I don't know if you remember, but I was in school. We were told to dunk, uh, get under our desks. Uh, that never would have worked. We would have fried. <laughs> you know, there's, people were building uh, uh, bomb shelters. Those wouldn't work either. They wouldn't have been, uh, they wouldn't have survived. And all of us, if there was a nuclear war, we've got a, uh, a nuclear plant on the Hudson River that was flooded uh, with that major flood in New York for a few, few years back. So I don't know if the, those reactors went off, uh, we would have a nuclear reaction that could have gone Passed you all the way up to me, and uh, I, I don't. I think in these last two years we've moved that proverbial nuclear clock or world clock mm-hmm. close, closer to doomsday. Um, that, that's thing. I don't want uh, to go. To think about. It's really, it's really phenomenal. You know, we've got uh, Bolton, who was uh, became a pariah in the Bush administration and with Congress. Uh, because his uh, views were just outrageous, and he's talking war with Iran. And the whole thing that I don't understand is Iran really wanted to get closer to the West and the U.S. They yes. got pushed in that direction. Uh, Turkey is no really no longer really an ally. Uh, we should have spoke up or done something. I don't know what we could have done with that election, but Aragon, if, if I said his name right, uh, you know, he's over there in the Middle East fighting everybody. And Putin 
is making deals with any everybody, include Israel. I mean, uh, we're we're behind the eight ball. I mean, he's yes, he deals sir. with most of the Arab countries. He's got something going on with now with Iran, and just a little a little lightening up on those sanctions wouldn't have hurt. You know, the majority of the population is under 30 years of age or 35 years of age. Uh, at times, religion seems to fall by the wayside. I don't know if that's good or bad, but maybe in that case it's good. But anyway, I wanted to just I, – so I wrote that stuff uh, about the early uh, Woodstock – or not Woodstock, the uh, Earth Day. And uh, mm-hmm. just recently, two Stanford University scientists conducted rest, uh, studies on 50 low-income countries on, on their predicted GDP. And the results showed that climate, the hottest, the countries with the hottest climates, were having the worst economic results, uh, with as compared to their previous expected GDP. India, for instance, showed uh, showed a 32% decline in predicted GDP for 2010. These are longitudinal studies, five years old or more, um, but. Uh, it wasn't just India. It was a whole bunch of those uh, poor-income nations, and they were uh-huh. hurt severely. And uh, the thing along uh, with that is that uh, uh, some of the results out of that study were that uh, we know that high temperatures drive farmland in poorer nations. Other nations in the study uh, showed uh, an impact on cognitive learning due to co- declining nutrition. And the rise, there was a rise of interpersonal uh, conflict. You know, mm-hmm. a generation ago, you, me, we faced, uh, we faced really the rationale of the first Earth Day was population. Ehrlich wrote the population right. bomb. And uh, that was, a, it was we were, people were carrying that like in college sections, like the Red Book of Mao. Uh, we went through that phrase too, I guess. Now we have a new Mao. Doesn't sound too yeah. good. Anyway, our issues today seem greater, especially when with climate change and other related factors. Now I'm just going to read you. I'm not allowed to comment. I'm going to read okay. you two comments. This is out of Sussex County, out of New Jersey Herald. The funda- fundamental problem is overpopulation and, and the overconsumption that results. It needs to be the utmost pr- propriety that everyone in the world has knowledge of and access to birth control and family planning. I buy some of that. The U.S. and Canada also need to slash immigration levels since that is what's driving population growth in these uh, high-consumption economies. The truth is that they're replacing population rates that are declining. The U.S. is uh, declining. I mean, I've argued with my son. I, I, As a college student and graduate student, I work with uh, Cesar Cervez's union. I met Cesar Cervez and Joan Baez in New York City when they were given awards. By awesome. Uh, uh, mayor Kenneth Gibson was the mayor. He was there collecting and uh, doing a fundraiser. I don't know why that came out. Now I'm going to give you one from a, a former freeholder. The okay. climate has been changed. The climate, his name is Carl Lazaro. I friended him on Facebook because I never agree with him, but uh, the climate has been changing since the beginning of time. Can we please stop the chicken little crap? It's no longer Hercules, chicken little crap. It's really a serious issue. I mean, the hurricanes down here in Florida are devastating. They got up to a Category 5. They leveled the city. The wildfires in uh, California, I don't know how many, uh, somebody in your your audience can look it up, but 
there were a couple of thousand homes, I believe, leveled there, and uh, nothing will ever be the same in that area. That area. Uh, the water is heating up. I can tell you that the water is now 87 degrees here in the Florida in the Caribbean. Uh, hurricane wow. season began. Hurricane season, we get hurricanes. I've had trees fall in my house twice. Uh, lucky I had insurance. I don't have insurance for thieves down here. <laughs> but I figured yeah. I should have thought better. You know? Um, so he says, no wonder so many people do not respect politicians. How many coal plants are there in the world? And this is where he's right. The EU has 468 buildings, and they're building 27 more. Total, 498. I don't know if it's, it's statistics right. Turkey has 56 buildings, 93 more. Total, uh, uh, for South, Africa, South Africa has 79, and it's building 24 more. Uh, total for India right now, I don't know if this is, these are true. I don't know where he's pulling these out of his head. 100 for India uh, that has that is now building 586 more. Expected total be 1,036. I know uh, India is looking for newer power plants. That's in total six. That's 5,615 projected coal plants. Uh, U.S. has wow. 15 building zero. We don't need coal plants. We have a problem. First of all, I don't think he's right on the coal plants because I, I, I believe I'm going to have two uh, near my old hometown of Richfield, one in Richfield and one in North. I don't know if you know the geography, but one in North Bergen, no. which is contiguous with New Jersey, uh, with Richfield. And the groups that Astro uh, Food and Water, uh, they've been protesting this. They even had a huge uh, sign on Route 1 and 9 about the issue. Uh, it was costing uh-huh. over 2000 a month. They, they took it down. But they've been fighting for this. So it, it, these are issues that really do exist and do have impact. We don't know the statistics on the UN. Uh, I know that we have a no. couple of nuclear power plants in our vicinity. I think we have two down the shore. And then we have that one in, in New York City. I don't know if there are any other in New York State. Uh, I don't know the safety of them, but we have wind power. We could, uh, you know, just putting uh, some kind of things on uh, high points in New Jersey, uh, you know, a gigantic fan. I mean, you go to Atlantic City, you've seen the windmills down there. But right. We can do more and be better, as Robert Kennedy says. And, uh, you know, another thing is, uh, although I think New Jersey just bans fracking waste, uh, they've been fracking on the other side of the uh, river in uh, yes, Pennsylvania. And that waste was getting into the, you know, getting into Delaware water basin, which also supplies water to New York City and Philadelphia, and also has swimming. And I, I constantly, I, I talked to you once about Eric Dawson's radio show to get, we can get him to come on or something. But I keep, uh, today they did a show and uh, they were talking about the water in Newark, which is getting like Flint. And uh, towns that uh, use the water, uh, like Bloomfield, Belleville, uh, they're getting tired of the quality of the water and the smell of the water. You know, right. and they're getting simple things, and they're blaming Newark, and they might take action against Newark. Part of the problem upstream is that some of that fracking waste is used on highways like Route 23, and Newark has reservoirs on Route 23. It also gets into our, 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 our system of uh, the lake region of Sussex County, uh, where Astrid uh, is up and where my house is, 
we have lakes that overflow into the reservoir. And when they overflow, they pick up the fracking waste and they carry it further down. Um, a few years ago, I ran for freeholder and I uh, joined up with a uh, Republican councilwoman and mm-hmm. um, to save her town of Sussex. I, I, I now have to go for a septic, so I, I, I think the town is punishing, but the town of Hardison uh, is punishing me. But uh, uh, they had a pristine lake, a water company, where the head of the water company came out of the Republican Party, a state senator, got appointed to office by Corzine. Uh, uh, on the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, uh, the water and uh, all the other things, the, the Bureau, Bureau of Public Utilities. He immediately uh-huh. jumped to Aqua Water, and I took him on. And I joined with that uh, councilman, and we, uh, we did a referendum, and uh, she, uh, she overtook the town, decided not to be a part of that. Every other politician except one Democrat, Including a Republican, a Republican mayor. No, not the Republican mayor. He got out of it. He uh, he's actually a decent guy. He'll be coming on in a couple of weeks. Jonathan Rose. Oh, awesome. Uh, he's a good guy, a young guy that the Republican Party decided to target for some reason. Uh, maybe he didn't have the right lineage, but he was a good guy. He did stay out of that mess in uh, his town. And like I said, we won. I don't know what we won because. Uh, uh, you know, the lake regions, they need to have better systems than septic because their water empties into lakes which flow into uh, Newark and obviously Belleville and Bloomfield and everything else. They also, I don't know if they still do, but up to last year, they were using fracking waste on the highways. They were uh, doing that in that Pennsylvania too. When, around the time we were leaving Pennsylvania, we, we uh, got to know a lot of people and uh, several of them who were in the know were talking about how they were using the fracking water uh, to clean the highways. That was very disturbing. It's very dangerous and uh, yes. it has severe health costs. And uh, it's starting to show up in the uh, Newark's water is starting to look much like Flint's. And that's, it's a serious issue. It's a serious yes. issue for us because, you know, we rely on our own. Uh, I uh, belong to a small water company. I get water in it and, uh, and uh, I have a septic, and the septic flows in the lake, and the lake flows into Newark. Uh, not mine so far, because it's a long overreach, uh, but I'm taking care of it uh, in a couple of weeks. But I'm sure there are other systems on that lake that do that. And we have a thing, I don't know if Ashford's ever talked about it. It, it, it disappears under the uh, paper, the paperwork. Uh, we have a thing called Sparta Mountain. I live below Sparta Mountain. And uh, I have a lake there. As a kid, as a, a teenager, I used to go hiking up there. There were Boy Scout cabins, uh, a lot of wildlife. We and we know there's deer and bear there. They uh, come out of that and swim across the lake or whatever, and come to my house. Here, <laughs> <laughs> they usually look friendly. I've, I've had one foot race. I worry about my uh, uh, grandchildren because they're they're mm-hmm. there full time now, and I'm, I'm building a section for me. But Sparta um, Mountain, of all things, and I don't understand it. I've written p- pieces. I'm not in part of the Sparta Mountain movement, but I've written pieces for the newspaper. Sparta uh-huh. Mountain is cutting down trees. The Audubon Society is behind it. What, tell me where birds go. They don't go in trees. <laughs> you know, they're, right. they're, they're going to clear another 10 to 20% of it. Uh, this was Thomas, and 
Here's part of the problem, too. Thomas Edison had mines in these mountains. He had them only for a couple of years. They discovered, uh, you know, better uh, minerals. Uh, God, I can't remember the mountains out in Montana. But he, uh, he went out there immediately. But he was, he was getting iron ore and coal and other stuff. And he had a, tr- a railroad going up in, you know, 1900, 1901. He did, Edison did, did a lot of things. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of coal issues there, too, and iron ore issues. So we just mm-hmm. dug that lake up below. I don't know if the other lakes in the region did. Uh, we got hit with a tab. And the, uh, the state government is okaying this uh, and doing the cutting. Now, they're obviously uh-huh. selling the trees. I, I personally don't see it. And other people, I, I went to a session, but there was 100 people testifying, so I didn't get to go. So I put things in the paper instead. But the issue has come up again because they're now going to cut more acreage of Sparta Mountain. I can't tell you how many. It might be uh, maybe 500 to 800 acres. It's not a lot, but it, it, it involves three or four lakes. Yeah, Maybe and, we could show on that. I'll, I'll talk to Astra, too. Maybe we could focus on that in a future show. We should. I mean, I hope to get Astra involved. Uh, uh, you know, it's time for more testimony, and it's time to bring this to the uh, forefront uh, because it impacts our lakes, and if there's a drought, I just told you, our lakes automatically, all of them, they come over a dam and they flow into uh, a creek, uh, which eventually ends into the uh, Newark Reservoir. In 1960-something, uh, might have been the year of the election of uh, LBJ and uh, Goldwater, we had to mm-hmm. open our dams full form to empty our lakes out because we had a drought. And right. we had a well then, you know, but uh, there was no more swimming. <laughs> that was over. Uh, and, you know, swimming and fishing is, uh, you know, people, many of the people there commute out of county, uh, you know, uh, more than, 60, 70% of people put their cars on the road and drive out of the county because the, the job situation isn't that good. But they come home and they like that recreation. And I don't know all the lakes, but I think Lake Apacon opened it up. And that's about 20 miles further away, uh, probably mm-hmm. emptied in streams and everything else. So our water, our water too, is being contaminated by uh, waste uh, that's coming out of maybe Pennsylvania uh, and other sources, maybe animals too. Uh, I like used to, when the DEP, it was the DEP that's dug our leg out. It never uh-huh. was the pristine, uh, you could see your feet. You know what I'm saying? It's rare uh-huh. to see your feet. In the, it's supposedly cleaner. Uh, you know, I've looked at our reservoir reports. They're not really, there's some lead content in there. Uh, so I use bottled water or, you know, or a, or a tank. And I, I think it's wise in Sussex County that many people do that. I hope Astrid passes that message. By the way, today uh, in Florida, I went to Burger King, and they did not give us straws. So uh, down no. in this state, they're starting to move full force ahead. And I don't think we uh, – I think we went to uh, – later we went to a subway, and uh, uh, they gave us straws. But Florida's moving away from straws because all the stuff is winding up in the ocean. And it's like, uh, the, you know, the dike, the guy with the finger in the dike. You can't do it. It's getting serious, even though there are great efforts made to clean up the oceans. With the pollution is just getting out of sight. Right. And it's here down in Florida. I mean, Florida beaches, you can see your toes most of the time. But the hurricanes are becoming more shrieky. 
Hercules last year down here, and it wasn't. Uh, we had 127 miles of red tide. That when you got wow. out of your car along the Gulf Coast, you instantly were sick. And uh, I did it too many times. My throat, uh, throat was on fire. Uh, I had to take prednisone, which is not good for me because I have another issue. I have a, I have a kidney uh, transplant. But uh, there was no way to end that uh, thing. I took 10 one day, 9. I also took my, I figured my regular dose of prednisone pre- 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 was in there too. You know, eight, seven, uh-huh. six, five, four, three, two, one. It took months, but it went away. Uh, it, it's the, the water is it, 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 this year. It's it's the beach is open, but it smells. There were a lot of dead fish, and uh, that's going to happen in New Jersey too, on the Jersey Shore, as these things spread. And uh, you know, uh, there's a place off. Uh, my brother lives off uh, lives in Keyport or someplace over there. And it's across from Staten Island. And a lot of waste is getting into the water and into the – there was a beach there. I don't know if it's still open. There's an amusement park. But the stench is heavily. It's very heavy. Uh, so uh-huh. it's affecting sources. And then we got power plants two together. I mean, literally, those two power plants that's, uh, uh, that the, uh, the groups are protesting, they're asking the governor to step up. But I don't think the governor – I think the governor is ignoring it. Uh, that's very serious to the environment there, to, to uh, a lot of towns, not only Richfield, Fairview, North Bergen, possibly Jersey City and Newark, uh, with the prevailing winds. This is a New York City power plant, and they claim to purchase uh, windmills and everything else. We need to do that stuff, but we shouldn't be putting another state's uh, power plant in, in our midst and pretty close right. to two cities and a heavy suburban Europe. In a, a heavily suburban county, in many ways, uh, you know, you have the Paramuses, the Hackensacks, the Fort Lees. Each of them is, is fifty thousand or more. Uh, Bergen County is either the first or second uh, largest county in population in the state, uh, with its collective towns. Maybe Essex County is higher, still higher. I don't know, but this is a problem for for a lot of counties and a lot of small towns, and it shouldn't and have got this far. There are working on no this. i don't, shouldn't have go ahead well we're out of time again um but uh, oh, you, i know it went, I it, it went so first. quickly uh well we're adding a fourth day very soon and uh we're starting our youtube channel very soon uh so uh, we'll definitely have to give you more time you've always you always bring so much information and energy and uh insight uh that uh you know a, a 40 minutes an hour is definitely not enough uh, Bill, thank you so very much for everything. I hope that uh, the circumstance uh, takes care of itself. Uh, happy Mother's Day to your lovely uh, wife, and uh, I'll see you as soon as you get back. No problem. Take care. I'm sorry I never shut up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's excellent. It's awesome, and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're on board. Uh, you continue to inspire me uh, throughout the uh, decades. Uh, thanks to everybody who's joined us. Until next time, this is Bill Waitman and Hercules uh, wishing you joyous journeys and awesome adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember... 
all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.